A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to You Come First with me, Megan Barton Hansen. You may know me from the 2018 series of Love Island. Since before Love Island, I've always had a passion for women's rights and interests. So I'm here to tell you everything you need to know when it comes to putting yourself first, whether that be in a relationship, in the bedroom, your career or your mental health. I've called in friends from around the world for an intimate, unfiltered conversation that will change your life forever. The reason I started this podcast is because since I've used my platform to speak so openly, I've had so many of you contact me on social media and even stop me in the street asking me to do a podcast. So now we really can get down and dirty and discuss the most important things that just aren't talked about enough. Expect lots of laughter, a few tears and for the penny to finally drop as we discuss the most taboo and private topics, helping you focus on the fact that you come first. So today I'm super excited to be talking to Adjua Aboa, supermodel activist and founder of Girls Talk, an amazing community-led non-profit dedicated to promoting the mental health and well-being of adolescent girls and young women. Thank you so much for coming on today. I've been such a big fan of yours and I think the first time we met I was like so starstruck. I got my manager to come over and be like, oh my god, can you get a selfie? But I don't want to ask. <laughs> Was it, was it, and it was at the Rimmel, no, sorry, Revlon, it was at the Revlon thing, wasn't it? Yeah, at the makeup event, and you looked stunning, exactly. you had your blonde hair, your pink dress, I've still got the picture now, I look absolutely awful in it, but I'm like, I have no, to keep it for memories. No, that's so funny, because I was so starstruck, because obviously Love Island had been going on, and I'd been like watching it religiously, and it was just kind of, yeah, I had, so, I was such a fangirl as well, so it's funny that you were nervous. And then I was nervous at the same time. Yeah, I couldn't believe that you watched Love Island. I was like, oh my God, I've made it. <laughs> I haven't watched it since either. Oh, thank you. I mean, it was yeah, the best I, series. It, it really was. I mean, some people said that this series is quite interested, interesting. Mm, um, I've watched a few but I haven't really, I haven't really given it a go, to be quite honest. So, and then you had me on a girls' talk event, which I was, like, super flattered about, so nervous. I think that was my first time after the villa, like, publicly speaking. I'd never publicly spoke before. And it was such a great, like, atmosphere. Everyone was so friendly. So that was really nice. How did girls' talk come about? I mean, it started... It was kind of a thought process, to be quite honest. Um, By that, I mean it kind of... It was something that I'd been thinking about for some time. Um, I'd been helped quite a lot during like the year of like 2014 and I'd been in and out of treatment and I'd like sought help and become like, started putting the work in, I suppose, to like kind of piece together my life and start becoming a happier like person. And I think I just had these sudden realizations that I didn't really understand why you had to like reach such rock bottoms before you were given help. I thought it was interesting that I'd been given the rooms of NA and AA and I was able to kind of seek like-minded people and a community that really understood. But I thought how interesting that people who don't necessarily need to be in those rooms haven't got those kind of communities and those circles of people um, and that space that's that's really confidential and safe and and... Um, a place where you really feel that you can share what's going on in your life openly and have people who share back and hear stories that you can really relate to. So I really just stole the kind of 
the the format from those rooms and from the kind of the treatment rooms and and the groups of people that I lot I'd met along the way like during 2014 and then um I started it when I moved to LA I started I kind of started working at different charities so I learned what I loved about them I I thought about what I wanted to change and and what I think was missing from like charities and 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 charities that are you know um about women and mental health but I really to be quite honest I just I started something that I really needed it's it's really simple I just know that I'm not sure if the the I'm not sure if it had be, my journey would have been any different maybe not maybe it was always meant to be that way but I I do think I would have really benefited from a space in which I could really like share what was going on in my life so now like five years later or whatever it is I I have created something that I always dreamt of it being um it's community-led it's safe it's confidential we're bridging the gap between education and storytelling um which I don't tend to see very often and we're and it started off with something that, you know, it started off with me sharing my story, but has beautifully led on to something that's really led by the community and what they want to, you know, it's, we listen to what they want to talk about, um, what they want to hear, the stories that they want to tell, the subjects that they want to kind of deconstruct. Yeah, it's so true when you say there's not really anything out there other than girls talk, unless you do hit like absolute rock bottom. And then there's like the AA and stuff. And I think almost if you're like virgin or you know, I don't know, you're using like drink as like a crutch a little bit too much. There's nothing really there other than like AA and stuff. So yeah, I think I read that on your Girls Talk website. There's nothing really to help you if you're like starting to go on a downward spiral whereas girls talk is there now for people to share their stories and hear and relate to other people and I think that's the most healthy thing to just be open with it for years mental health has been like taboo and like very like not spoken about so it's great exactly and I think you know they don't always start off as as big problems do they you know it can be losing your virginity it can be insecurities it can be having not lost your virginity, um, not feeling attractive, school pressure, parental pressure, sexual pressure, drug pressure. I mean, there's a list of things that you go through when you're growing up. And I think there needs to be support um, outside, not only in the school system, but also outside the school system. I don't Mm -hmm. think the pastoral care in schools is good enough I don't think I was really supported um I don't think I was really listened to to be quite honest and I think those things that seemed very trivial and small at the beginning very quickly led on to become bigger things bigger things that I wasn't able to kind of um deal with and by that time I already had so many like learnt coping mechanisms and and boundaries that shut me off from even dealing with them. I had, I didn't have the language to to even describe how I was feeling. I had no understanding of what anxiety or depression even was. I didn't know how to talk about any of that stuff because no one had ever told me it was fine to talk about it. No, and it's almost like for years and years, I think it's slowly starting to change now with platforms like Girls Talk, but it's always almost seen as like a weakness, I think, if you did say like, oh, I have a bit of anxiety or I'm feeling a bit insecure today. And I think you're completely right. Like when I went to school, there was nothing. You're learning about right angles of a triangle and things that are completely useless, but you're not learning Mm -hmm. how to deal with everyday situations and just growing Mm -hmm. up in society. So it's so, so needed. And I read, I think I read in like one of your other interviews that you started Girls Talk by just your Instagram and like sharing your story and hearing other people's stories back. Yeah, I just kind of, I don't even know what the Instagram was about. I don't even know how it like kind of caught on. I didn't have as as big a platform as I have now, but I just kind of, I'd taken a break from like social media because you weren't allowed it in treatment and everything like that. So I'd taken a step back. It seemed very like weird at that point in my life to be putting out imagery um, of me 
when I had no idea who I was. Do you know what I mean? It felt, yeah. felt quite performative, me like kind of pretending to be happy when I wasn't. So I took a step back and then I started the Girls Talk Instagram. It's really like a mixture of my Instagram and also the Girls Talk Instagram. But yeah, it just, I don't even know how it took off to be quite honest. It just did. I think it was it was needed maybe. So, so needed. Did you ever find it like difficult hearing people's stories? Like, obviously, I've spoken out about like different things, whether that's working in the sex industry or mental health myself that I've suffered with. And it's lovely to hear people's stories and I try and help where I can. But for you on such a vast platform and with so many girls must be writing into you on a daily basis, do you ever find it's kind of, although it's really rewarding, it's kind of hard. Do you have to get a therapist on the side? Because I heard that people say that, like, therapists need a therapist. Do you, well, how do you deal with all these, like, hard, really emotional stories? Well, I think, firstly, we have a really great um, clinical online psychologist called Kira, Dr. Kira Dockery, who works with Girls Talk. So, you know, she's really able to give us that actual support, you know, that, that, that kind of factual support, you know, she studied it for such a long time. You know, there are things that I'm still learning. Um, um, and so it's really important that we have someone like that who can really kind of give us the right stats and the facts and really kind of help us help the community in a, in a reliable and, and kind of safe way. But in terms of when like, the community come to me with stories, especially when we were doing our events before the pandemic and and even on the podcast, speaking to a variety of different people. I try my best. I don't necessarily have the advice. I don't necessarily have always the right things to say. You know, I've, I've had over the years, girls um, have come up to me and, and, and told me what girls talk has meant to me meant to them and how it's helped them um through their teenage years and and their adult years and 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 what the support has meant and i think it not only pushes me but i always feel like less alone do you know what i mean it, it helps mm. me as much as i ha- i hope it helps them you know i think sometimes it's 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 not a burden in the sense like it's it's overwhelming, but the responsibility can sometimes feel slightly overwhelming in the sense that it's sad to think that these things are all are still so like prevalent in like yeah. young girls and and adult girls like lives. Um, I think we definitely moved like in an amazing direction, especially since when I was back at school. But it is hard hearing stories like that. I think it's, when you've been through it, when you know like the darkness and what it feels like to be at such like points of rock bottom, it's it's always like, you would never wish that on even your worst enemy. So it's always quite like heartbreaking to hear that anyone's going through such immense amounts of like sadness and and, and that they're dealing with quite like traumatic and um, traumatic things in their life. But I, I, whether I understand or not, I just meet whoever it is on a like emotional level, on a level of like emotional maturity. And when I say that, I mean like, I understand emotions, whether it be happiness, sadness, um, anger, grief, all the things that, a human has to kind of feel. So I try and meet it on that kind of level. I can't say that I've ever been through that, but I can I can get on your level and I can listen and I can learn. Um, yeah. And I feel like sometimes you don't even need to have the answers or experience mm. exactly the same experience. It's just sharing and being so vulnerable. Exactly. It must have been really daunting for you to be so honest and open about like your own mental health struggles. Like, was it something that you felt was kind of therapeutic for you just to vent on like your Instagram, how like Girls Talk started and stuff. Yeah, I think I didn't really know what I was doing, to be quite honest. I didn't even really realise what it meant to share your story, which in hindsight, maybe I should have like looked into it a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? I do think 
we do a lot of work on girls talk about like thinking about what it actually means to share your story whether it be publicly or in a smaller setting or with your closest friend you know it is a it's a big deal to have it out there it's vulnerable and i think you really need to be ready and maybe i was in in some ways or maybe it pushed me to start sorting it out in a different way um i think being open was a really big step for me because I'd been such a liar for so long. I'd been always like putting up a facade and kind of pretending I was okay. So I think to get it out in the open was really like cathartic for me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes in, in regards to like addiction, sometimes it's not a regret talking about it, but I think you adapt and you change. No, not adapt, you change as a person and you look at situations in a different way and through a different lens because you've grown up, you know yourself better, you've you've been through different things that have shaped you in a different way. So sometimes I'm like, I don't really feel like that anymore and I don't really look at that situation like that. So I pick and choose who I talk about it with because I don't want it to always feel like the same thing. I have mm. like a different outlook on life and I have a different outlook on like that story that I told all those years ago. I I pieced it together in a new way because of like therapy or talking about it with different people, you yeah. know? So I don't want to be thrown in a box. I don't want it to always be about that. And I also think now, and I'm sure you've got that, that everyone knows that it's like cool to care. So, you know, they tap into that. They tap into mental health, inclusion, sexuality, gender, and why, you know, have they even, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want my story to be like performative and I don't want girls talk to be something that you use to benefit yourself. Yeah, because I think that's a big misconception. People obviously see you on like campaigns and like smashing it in the modelling world and think that girls talk is like something you've done after that. But this was all before mm. modelling, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I'm not, no kind of shade on anyone who's like kind of, done it afterwards but like I've always stuck with mental health do you know what I mean that's like my flex that's what I'm about um yeah I love that and you're you like I mean? brutal yeah. honesty and just being so transparent and open has helped so many people mm. and it's even helped me because like I remember when I met you at that event I was going through shit with my family and my brother was really suffering like mental health and it's like incredible to see someone who's like smashing it in the modeling industry and you're this well-known face like globally and it's like you're a real person too and I think that's what people need to be able to like mm. vent rather than like you said the facade of being one person on Instagram or being one person to your colleagues at work and then coming home and having all these underlying issues it's so good to just be open do you still mm -hmm. have like regular therapy and stuff yeah, I'm in a little bit of a like a limbo period right now because I'm trying to find a new therapist. I think I've like outgrown him and her. I have two different ones because I've like because of when I lived in the States and then when I lived here. Mm. And now I'm back here and I'm trying to figure out um I think a new person to talk to. I think especially after like this year and a half, nearly like two years, where our life has been ruled by covid and the pandemic i've changed immensely um i think new things in my life have come to fruition that i have to like deal with mm. identity like my work life and how i'm going to kind of balance everything so i feel like i have different things that i need to talk about now and i think it's important to me to get someone fresh in to like help me kind of deconstruct those things but I went back on medication. I went off medication because I just thought I could do it without it. Yeah. Maybe I could have, but the pandemic was like far too like stressful for me to like do it by myself. So I went back on medication. And I think for the time being, it's like really what I need to do. I thought of it as like a kind of loss, but actually if you were sick, you would take medication. So yeah, I exactly. I don't know what, yeah, I, I, I needed it, so and I feel, like, way better because of it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Like, I had that as well before I ever went on medication. I um denied, mm. and I was like, oh, should I? And yeah. so many people see it as a weakness, and it's really not. Like, the yeah, way yeah, you just yeah. said just then, like, if you had a headache, you'd take paracetamol. Like, it's that simple. I don't know why there's such a stigma around it. It's mad. 
I know, and it's like, you know, I, I, my, I was talking to my therapist about it, and I was like, you know, I've like worked so hard to kind of, you know, sort through the help and advocate for like destigmatizing like medication, and there I am, kind of like umming and ahhing about it and looking at it as if I'm like weak. But we're human. We all have these things. And I've been Mm. reading a book recently called The Happiness Trap. And it is, I feel like everyone's just conditioned to be like happy needs to be the state all the time. I think we need Mm -hmm. to just normalize being neutral and having days that aren't like the best or they're just, do you know, they're like, whatever. (laughs) I think everyone's just searching to be happy, happy, happy. And it's not realistic. If someone was happy 365 days of the year that's kind of what like it's not normal but no one ever talks about just being like neutral no exactly and just being content you know Mm. someone asked me how I was out of like a scale of one to ten the other day and I was like oh I'm a seven or an eight I can't remember and they were like could we get that up and I was like nah do you know what I'm fine yeah I'm fine (laughs) I was like really good (laughs) they were like oh it was like a little bit awkward and I was like no I'm really content at number seven or eight, like, I'm fine. Yeah, that will do me for good things today. in my life. I've got mad amounts of gratitude. But do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to be honest. I'm feeling a little bit insecure. I've got things I need to sort out. I'm a bit overworked. I'm a bit stressed. But that's fine. That's just life, you know. 100%. I deal with it. We need to normalise being a seven or an eight at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even normalise being a five, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think all the I've... numbers... Yeah, I recently started like a therapy course and I'm the worst. I used to be like it with the gym. Like I used to hate the gym. I've started to grow and like love the gym and I feel so good mm. after. But like with these therapy sessions, I booked to sit, like a, eight sessions, I think. I've been to one and she keeps emailing me. I'm like, oh, but it's one of those things. I don't think, I don't know about you, but I don't look forward to therapy. But after I'm like, oh, I feel like a weight's been lifted. I'm still, I'm completely the same. I'm always like, oh my God, I don't want him, to, him or her to ask me questions. Then I'm going to have to talk about that. And then I'm going to get upset about that. And I don't feel like talking about my shit today. Today's For me, a good it's the day. homework. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always can... quite like it. Do you? I, I haven't got as far as doing the homework. I think that's why I didn't go back after the first session. She gave me all this stuff to read and do. And I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm trying to run my OnlyFans and get rich over here. <laughs> no, but literally, exactly. I don't know why. Why do you need to be set homework? That's a bit boring. I know. I felt like I was back at school, but I will. Yeah. I will. I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to book something in this week. I feel like I'm being really productive this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you have any like top tips that you would say how you cope with like trying to be happy but not forcing happy and like dealing with your mental health like is there like a go-to free things when you feel like you're kind of going on a bit of a down week that you would do to like snap out of it I know you said like exercise is a really big part of your life now yeah yeah exercise has been like a massive part of my life um for a long time and that is like key not only is it an hour of my life where I don't need to like look at my phone but it is like I zone out I always do I'm I'm like I don't really do classes because I like to I'm just a bit savage do you know what I mean I'm like OCD controlly kind of um a perfectionist and really competitive so it's probably just best I just <laughs> do it by myself because it's a bit too much for anyone else um <laughs> And so, but it's an hour out of my day where I'm just like zoned in, sweaty. All I need to do is concentrate on the moves and I feel so much better and so much more clearer headed afterwards. So that's like number one. Two is like doing nothing, to be quite honest. Like not isolating, which is you need to make sure you can just you know kind of differentiate between the two because I am like prone to isolating but like doing nothing and stepping back and stepping Mm. back from like people and things and like distractions is really key for me like I need to like decompress I need to have a little thought I need to like reevaluate and kind of have a little bit of like self-reflection so I can then like move forward and that's like anything from like 
binge watching TV to like spending the day by myself reading a book, kind of getting on top of my life. To be honest, I don't feel like I, I hate being like, like I'm catching up on everything, you know, and like feeling like behind on stuff. So that's another one. Um, and that's something I've been really working on because I haven't always had balance. And I think balance is really, really key to my mental health. Mm-hmm. Personal life and work life. I no longer want my life to just be work. Like I, I want to have fulfillment and like other aspects of my life. So I'm trying to keep that balance together because I haven't had it for so long and I don't necessarily regret it because being able to buy a house, I've got like, you know, a successful career because of it. But I think now moving forward, like I want all of it. I don't want all of it as in like all the kind of career stuff, but I want all of it in terms of like love, life, experiences, friendships, you know, solid friendships that... I put time and effort into all that shit. I'm like putting, dedicating some time to. And then I think third is like having that time with like my friends, you know, and family and loved ones, you know, that is so key. Um, Cause I don't need to be anything with them. I don't need to be anything with them. I can just literally like be myself. And I'm, that's like, you know, and by being myself, I mean, that could be like a seven, a 10 or a three. Do you know what I mean? I can be like any of those things and I'm allowed to be them. So yeah, I love that's that when like you, also key. Yeah. When you have them relationships and you can just be so open, you can be like, right, I'm on energy saving mode. I'm at a like two or three, a little bit snappy mm-hmm. today, but they love mm-hmm. you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Exactly. Like I was like, I'm finding everyone intolerable at the moment. It might be because I'm a quite hot and the weather's I feel like sweaty and overwhelmed or it might be because I'm a little bit tired, but like, that's fine. And I just find a friend who's feeling the same and then we can like, <laughs> I'd be that. on the same level about that. <laughs> and although your platform is called Girls Talk, have you noticed that there's been more men um, joining recently, writing into you and stuff like that? Because I feel like men's mental health is something that, still isn't being spoken about as much as women. I think with women, we've grown up with our sisters, our friends, and we speak about absolutely everything. And we're like talking and sometimes like perceived as like over-emotional, but like men, they just bottle everything up. Do you feel like there's been more men that have been like reaching out to you? I mean, it is a space for women, you know, um, and anyone who identifies as a woman. But I think um, I've always seen men at our events and I think they've not only come for themselves, but I think they've come for the women in their life to have a, uh, to be educated and have a, a, um, a new understanding of what we go through, 
what it entails to be a woman. Um, and so I think that's truly amazing. I had a man come up to me the other day who had three daughters and he knew about Girls Talk for that reason. Do you know what I mean? I think... Amazing. That's really great and really cool. I've had people at the events who have come for to support their girlfriends or their wives or their sister, you know? So that's so beautiful that someone's willing to, like, get a little bit vulnerable. Um, yeah, and educate themselves. Look at their part to play in it and educate themselves. Do you know what I mean? It's so sick. It's so cool. 100%. So what's coming up next for Girls Talk? Because obviously we've had the whole pandemic and I saw you was doing like live events on YouTube and stuff. Have you got any physical events coming up? What's next? <clears throat> um, God, I would love to have a physical event come up. We'll have to see. I think maybe end of the year we'll start like organise something. I'd love to do something in like you know, September, October for everyone going back to school. Yeah, because it must be hard after so long off. Exactly. It's going to be so difficult. So I'd love to, like, support in any way I can um, on those sides of things. Now that we're a 501c3, now we're a fully-fledged charity, we just launched our Ambassadors programme, which is just everything I ever wanted Girls Talk to be is reflected in, in those 16 girls. It's like the... I can't even quite believe it when I'm like sitting with them and talking to them about all the things that we're doing. We're setting them projects and they're coming back with all these amazing ideas and they have such insight into what's going on. A way bigger insight into it than I would as someone who's kind of like, you know, I'm 29 now. It's like just a little bit different. I'm not clued up on everything. And they really are. And they're so articulate and they have the most wide they have such a wide range of language to really truly express themselves and they have so much insight and empathy um and they're not narrow-minded they're continuously looking outside of their own like kind of worlds to like what's going on in other people's worlds so it's like being truly the most amazing thing to be like have done that so that's really what we're working on a lot at the moment just with the ambassadors um, working on the podcast, continue to work with Nike. And now that I've just become the face of Rimmel, we'll be doing a lot of stuff with them in the future. Um, it's amazing. Just keep on doing the work, it. you know. I love it. Just keep on doing I it I love all. the podcast. I was listening to the one with Elsa. She absolutely cracks me up. She's so sick, man. <laughs> she literally had me in stitches. You know what? I think the podcast has like come leaps and bounds, you know, since before the pandemic, because we now are able to kind of pick and choose people from all different places um, and have them on Zoom. You realise we don't necessarily have to be in person to do this. I mean, it's so nice. I found it really hard at the beginning, but actually, you know, it's easy for me and you because we know each other. But actually, I've 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 had some really great ones where I'm like, it doesn't even matter that we're not in the same room. Yeah, from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so you said you're like the new face of Rimmel. I always see you on like the adverts and stuff. Did you always want to get into modelling? How did that come about? And what age was you when you started modelling? God, I was so, I was quite young, actually. I mean, my mum was really strict, so I had to, I couldn't do it properly till I was 18. So I like did bits before that, but not not really. I wasn't like, I wouldn't have called myself a model and I wouldn't have looked at it as modeling. But you know, someone would ask me to be in something and it was all exciting, but my mum was really strict. So I started like on and off from 18, but it didn't really go well. And the industry was a very different place and, and beauty was looked at in such a different way. And in a way I didn't really feel that I necessarily fit into. So it took a while, do you know what I mean? I think people don't realise that I have been modelling quite a long time, you know? And, mm. and then I took some time away and I did like other jobs. I went to university, finished my degree, worked as a nanny, did all sorts of things. And then like took some time away to like sort my shit out. And then, and then it kind of went from there to be quite honest. And it kind of blew up. And then for the last kind of since like 2017, 2016, you know, I've just been like, actually like probably 2016, 2017, I've just been like 
working back to back since then. Yeah, absolutely smashing it. Like when I was doing, I always like to research people and I was looking at like you on the catwalk. I was like, oh my God, you look incredible. Oh. And you've done so many covers. That cover with Marcus Ratchford was oh, amazing. Oh yeah, he's insane. Oh, aren't we so proud to even be like, <laughs> for him to be such a a representative of our like kind of country, you know, it's insane. Um, I think I started modeling because I was, I've always been obsessed with like independence, you know, financial independence, just independence in general. I like, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I don't know if I necessarily had thought about it enough. In hindsight, it's not as easy as just like becoming a model. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so, but you know, I'm glad I gave it a go and it didn't like, it wasn't like an easy journey and it took its time, but got there in the yeah, end. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine it must be so hard. Like when you're first getting into it, cause your mum's in fashion, yeah, isn't yeah, she? Exactly. What did your parents think about you getting into modeling? Uh, were they supportive or were they a bit worried? Cause it just seems brutal. Like I know it seems glamorous to me when I'm watching you on the catwalks and on like these big campaigns on TV, but it must be like, draining sometimes when you go to castings and perhaps don't get mm-hmm. it and I don't know is there like a sense of like competitiveness am- amongst models or not really anymore is that kind of like oh no 90s? I'm sure it is I'm sure there's like we're all probably competitive with each other in different ways though do you know what I mean like I don't know it's a really strange world I'm not quite sure because my modeling career is like a little bit different now do you know what I mean I I think I I'm working with brands in a in a in a different capacity because I'm kind of merging both my like kind of worlds together, which is like girls talk and 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 fashion. So I kind of feel like I have a different position in it. But maybe before, mm. probably, I don't know if I was I, I was necessarily competitive. I think it's just feels like sometimes quite a toxic environment. Do you know what I mean? Just the fashion industry in general. But I'm I'm not quite sure. I think if you were like just pure fashion, I'm sure, you know, because there's always someone coming up behind you. Yeah, I can imagine. And I feel like for me, I just wanted to ask that question because for me with like Love Island, there's always like a new season of Love Island. Yeah. I'm like, it was hard at first when I first come out not to compare myself to like other contestants and like snoop on their Insta and be like, oh, what are they doing? Why am I not doing that? So yeah, I guess it's like everyone oh, yeah. in their jobs, there's like an element of that. Of course, like I, 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 there is no way I would be lying if I didn't say that I compared myself to other models and what they were doing, do you know what I mean? For sure. And that's something that like, I think whatever industry, like you said, we're all like dealing and battling with. Um, especially as women, do you know what I mean? We're like, mm, we're pr- that's how always, exactly, all we do is that it's exhausting. I like, I wor- I've been working on it a lot actually at the moment, just because it's just exhausting to be that mean to yourself and to compare yourself to other people that have such a different journey to you, you know? Mm. And, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. So toxic. So what would you say, have you got like a favorite job or like a standout thing that happened in your like modeling career that was like, oh my God? Um, I think my cover with Tim Walker for like my first cover that I ever got, which was for Italian Vogue was a really like pivotal moment in my career. Not only was it because I, it was my first like major cover, but it also came at a time in my life where I really felt like happy, like being myself. So to see that image yeah. on that magazine taken by someone I truly trust and I, who I think really knows me, it was a such an amazing moment to look at that and be like, oh good, like I look good. There's light in my eyes, I look happy. Yeah, and you know, like in your heart, you feel good and in a happy place. Exactly, and both those are the same, do you know what I mean? So I think like, not only because it was like my big break, but also because like it came at a point in my life where I was really kind of like changing and growing up. 
and sorting my stuff out. Mm. Do you ever get nervous, like when you go onto like sets to shoot, or like when you do like the rump? Like I said, there's this video, and I don't know. Like I should have read which one it was, but you're just you look like not even human. Like you look so stunning and like beautiful and like so calm. I'm like, if that was me, have you seen um, the Real Housewives of New York, Ramona? No, no, I've never she seen does the New York. <laughs> I, I have to send you a video after. And I just think, Ramona, everyone laughs at her. She's got these crazy eyes where she's trying to focus on, like, tripping. And I'm like, that would so be me. But you just look so effortless and gorgeous. Like, oh, do you ever big. get nervous? Oh, yeah, for sure I get nervous. But I have been doing it a while now. So, like, for me, the catwalk is just such an amazing adrenaline rush. I'm, like, literally, like, almost, like, become someone else. You know, it's like you only get to, like, walk up and then down again so it's just your moment and you've got to like make it like count and then for shoots and stuff like that of course like there are moments like I get nervous maybe I don't know the crew and maybe I've never worked with a photographer maybe like I'm feeling a little bit like insecure all different things but like I do I've done it a long time now so I kind of like there are parts that I love and there are parts that I hate but like I've I feel pretty like secure in like my understanding of what it entails and what I have to do to like get the job done, you know? Mm. Like I couldn't ever do like OnlyFans, do you know what I mean? I would never be able to do that. You so No way, I literally so (laughs) (laughs) I'm also as not as sexy as you, it'd be like me and like like my matching pajamas, like In my headscarf, like it would be so unsexy. Trust me, there's no skill to this whatsoever. I just like whack an ass cheek out, whack a tit out and hope for the best, really. (laughs) Oh God, that's so good. I quite like to go on OnlyFans and just have a little look. Oh my God, yeah, I've been so tempted, but obviously like my username's mine. I think, oh my God, imagine if someone like leaked it to the press. Megan's just signing up to all kinds of like OnlyFans accounts. But I really want, I might, might make a fake one just to be nosy and see what's going on. Okay, so you, you'd you <laughs> have to, so they might see my name. Oh no, I can make a yeah, fake you're one. Yeah, you're going to... Sparkle Princess <laughs> one, two, three. Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow Fairy 58. <laughs> <laughs> oh look out for that one if I get a subscription exactly you're like oh god <laughs> so this is weird <laughs> would you have any advice to girls just starting out in the modeling oh, industry I would just like go for it do you know what I mean it's I would go for it but I would like get your head in the game and when I say that I mean it's not just easy. You don't just like become a model and that's not to like, kind of like, kind of, I'm not doing that to be negative and to like, kind of push you away from like going for that. Mm. But I would just be like, I'd clue yourself up. I'd clue yourself up on what it like, on what it actually entails and what, Mm -hmm you're going to go through mentally and physically and it will be amazing. But there's like fuck loads of rejection. Do you know what I mean? Like I would like get yourself in the head. You're going to get your like head in the game. Yeah. You've got to be super strong about this. You know, it's the like, don't be naive about it. Go forth, conquer, put all your effort in. I'd always say like, do something else as well. I think it's really important, especially now, like, you've got to have something to say. And I think having other things in your life will always, I think it gives you like longevity. I think people are interested in people who have other things going on, who have other interests. So I would like, you don't need to drop uni. You don't need to drop your art and whatever it is that you love. I think it's all really important. And, but I would just like clue yourself up on it and like work on yourself build that confidence because it they it fucking gets battered down do you know what I mean you've got like it really does I have like five skins do you know what I mean like I've got like thick thick skin and I've really and sometimes it like flattens me and sometimes I go do you know what if they don't want me someone else will do you know what I mean I know myself and I like know my self-worth but like sometimes it like destroys you 
because you you're like why do they not want me and it's based on your look so you know that's a weird yeah, one it's pretty tough you know but yeah. know yourself i think that's like so important i didn't know myself when i started modeling so i think it always felt like so personal and it isn't personal really do you know what i mean but go for it go for it go for it have a fun time see what's out there make the most of it just definitely have backup options other things you want to do and just make sure you're mentally prepared because that's some kind of rejection that it's the same i guess of like trolling on like instagram when i come out of love island i thought oh this will be a fun free summer in like a hot country of fit people <laughs> come out and then everyone's like oh my god look at her nose oh my god she's put on so much weight oh my god and you're like yeah so i can imagine not to the scale but yeah a little bit no i, guess. I bet yours is way more do you know what i mean that's like a I couldn't even imagine what that must be like. With mine, I don't. It's just like faceless people. They're just like trucks. Yeah, that's whereas, true. like you said, you're going for like a job or whatever. But I think it it builds you as a person to go through that. And like like you said, now you know yourself so much more than when you first started in the model modeling industry. Yeah, there is stuff I know. And do you know what? I think for anyone starting now, the industry is so different. It's exciting what's happening, do you know what I mean? And the conversations that are being had and and it is so much more inclusive. And our conversations around beauty and size and race are a lot more different. And I think how exciting to be part of that. But you've got your, you know, you've got to stand your ground. I'm standing my ground. There's still so much work to be done. But I think like way nicer to be part of it now it was like a different fucking ball game back in the day do you know what i mean like yeah it seemed absolutely like, savage. i mean it's savage i went through like so i collected british folks for years and when i moved house from my parents into my house i was clearing out all my shit and i was going through all the magazines and i was like why did i collect these no wonder i felt so fucking shit about myself i didn't see one person in the magazine who looked like me yeah, I was like, so backwards. It was so different back then. I was like, this is like traumatic that I feel sorry for the girl that collected those magazines who was like so wanting to be someone else. And now I look through the yeah. magazines and I see, oh, just the best girls in the world who stand for something, who talk about something, who have their own opinions their own aesthetic, their own look. It's just so cool, I think. I'm like... Yeah, it's taken a long old time, yeah. but we're finally like moving in the right direction. 100%. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you so much, not for only just coming on to my podcast, but for everything you've done. Like, I don't think you fully like understand how powerful it was just meeting you and like knowing about the Girls Talk platform when I was going through such shit like at home with my family and I was on such a high from Love Island and then I had all this like other side of my life that was so chaotic and going on and you just made it so normal that people do struggle with mental health like it's a normal thing like so many of us I was in this same book that I'm reading it says like one out of ten people one out of five people have depression one out of ten um, have thought about committing suicide and this book was written I don't know when but like years ago so I can imagine it's only increased so I just wanted to say a massive thank you for putting all your energy and effort into girls talk because it really has helped me and oh, I know it's helped so many other girls thank you so much Megan but seriously like there are many reasons it's not just because of like my fascination with Love Island at that time but I really really like I'm fascinated in people who represent like all different kind of aspects of life and talk from all different places in life and backgrounds and 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 are individual in their kind of outlook on things like how amazing is it that someone like you has used their platform to do such great things and i want to tap into that i want my girls to hear that I want them to see that like Megan's got like shit loads of things to talk about and is a real authentic person that you don't just need to be like one type of person to be on like reality TV. Do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, you know, 
you're an icon. You like represent us in such a sick way. Um, and I like have always been proud for you to be like a part of Girls Talk from like way back at the beginning when it was first like, you know, booming. So like, thank you for all of that. And thank you for your like continuous work in like kind of breaking down all these archaic ideas of like sex work and pleasure and, and, and mental health. It's so needed. It's needed for my, you know, for me, yeah. age 29 who still needs like kind of some help in all those kind of different ways. Definitely. And it's so good for girls growing up because there was absolutely nothing out there mm. like that when I was growing up other than like Miss Magazine and doing a survey to see what kind of like boyfriend you will end up with. It's like, really? <laughs> we need to focus on ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Like, are you going to be single for the rest of your life or will you have a boyfriend? Literally. Those are like the two options. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the worst thing that could happen at that age. It's so bad. <laughs> what kind of person are you with a boyfriend or without a boyfriend? And literally, there was no other thing. There was no concentration on you as a person at all, was there? <laughs> literally nothing. Yeah. Like learn this dance routine, and will you end up like alone? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Well, it's been so nice speaking to you. Oh. Thank you so much. It's been so nice speaking to you, babe. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I've really appreciated you coming on. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please rate five stars and leave a review. And be sure to subscribe so you get next week's episode as soon as it lands. And remember, for the best experience, make sure you listen on the Entel app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.